Dear Heavenly Father, the book of Jeremiah has a scripture that reminds me to pray to you and ask you to show me what to do and where to go. And so that is my prayer today, that you will always guide my thoughts, guide my actions, but above all else, guide my want. Allow me to search after you and be a man after your heart so that I can always search and try to bring you glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse, Christ is Culture. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Anonymous coming to you with another episode of Cross Discourse. And before I get into today's episode, I am going to play for a song for you right now because it's on my heart and I feel like I need to just let it play. Be back in a moment.
actually speaks to me today and I'm actually going to uh, use this as a uh, kind of a metaphor for today's um, discussion um, it is called let the music is called let it play and is by a man by the name of Lathan Warlick L-A-T-H-A-N W-A-R-L-I-C-K Lathan Warlick uh, he is a uh, that song is actually a few years old but um, it looks like he just signed with a uh, company called Wide Open Music. Uh, he's based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and he has an amazing, an amazing story with regards to uh, how he came to Christ. And um, that song, I said, is a metaphor, but let me just uh, kind of go back a little bit. Uh, apparently, uh, this gentleman um, didn't know really where his life was going, um, and he said that he actually came face-to-face with a... Uh, gun in his face and his kind of life flashed before his eyes and he kind of made the decision to come to Christ that way and when I hear that song he's actually telling you his story in a way where he's just he's just speaks on you know driving in a car listening to the worldly music the worldly life um, and now he's his life has changed and he's living a certain way he's listening to a different type of music uh, he mentions uh, Travis and Lecrae specifically and when i hear let it play let it play uh, sometimes we just have to let our lives play out you know what i mean sometimes we just have to let it play out to figure out uh, what it is that god really wants us to do and that is uh, kind of the message today uh, i want to really talk about discipline in our life and, and having our lives change a certain way so i pray uh, before I got started, I just prayed the the uh, a scripture from Jeremiah, and that scripture is actually Jeremiah forty two three, Jeremiah forty two three, and it says, um, 
it, it says this. It says, pray that the Lord your God will show us what to do and where to go. Um, and that's been on my mind, you know, uh, the journey, uh, living the life as Jesus would want us to live. And I think about uh, what we call the spiritual disciplines. We don't really talk about this too much. And there's a lot of different numbers thrown out there about spiritual disciplines. But I just really want to um, point out that uh, spiritual discipline is the idea um, or spiritual discipline there are different there are different um, definitions, but it's it's uh, we think of discipline um, as like how we live our lives, right? Um, how we're supposed to live our lives. But the spiritual disciplines are things that we do regularly to help us uh, live our lives the right way, right? Um, so, you know, there are certain things like we read our Bibles every day. We have our quiet times, right? We um, we pray to God, right? We worship God. We do certain things. We listen to certain types of music, praise and worship, right? Um, you know, and then we share our faith in a way. Uh, we might reflect on God. Some of us fast, right? Some of us uh, 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 participate in certain holy days or holidays, if you will. Um, but, but there are different... Um, ways that we focus on uh, spiritual discipline, right? And um, it, it's really to help us keep our spiritual walk straight, or at least as close to straight as possible. Um, and, and the reason why I thought of this uh, as a topic is because I remember growing up, um, and one of my favorite movies, uh, you know, was a, uh, a movie by, um, um, Spike Lee and it was called Malcolm X and it starred Denzel Washington. And in that particular movie, uh, you see, um, how his life has changed, uh, Malcolm X, you see, uh, his background, the way he grew up, uh, his life, you know, his father was actually a Baptist preacher, um, and his father is killed and his mother goes crazy. And I know I may have mentioned this before, but his father goes crazy. And it, I mean, his mother goes crazy and his life is it takes a turn for the worse. Uh, he's separated from his brothers and sisters. Um, he's thrown into different you know places and he has to, uh, you know, make a life for himself through the foster care. Um, eventually. He finds his way into a life of crime. He finds his way uh, where he's living a certain way, uh, living a life that he he doesn't even really feel comfortable doing. But he likes it, right? You know, it's it's fast paced. It's something new, something different, and because it's different and not something that he grew up with, he he kind of clings to it. But then he finds himself in jail, um, and he knew off the bat that he had hit rock bottom. And he, he comes across a gentleman um, or group that introduces him to a God, right? And he instantly turns his life around and he throws himself into that religion. And I'm talking about Islam here. He throws himself into that religion and then he becomes the Malcolm X uh, we all know about. 
right? He starts preaching. He starts building up the the church or the mosque, uh, what is what they call it, the mosque that he's a part of, and he gets really famous. To eventually meeting the founder and becoming the spokesman, the spokesperson for that particular group of people, and he was world famous. He was world famous, but in that particular movie, you see something that I really, really, really. Uh, respect you see a group of people excuse me who are extremely disciplined right the discipline exhibited by those muslims in that movie malcolm x is mind-blowing i mean you're talking about people who aren't eating a type of food you're talking about people who are strictly into uh, marrying women of a certain age and a certain height uh, abstaining from drink, right? Many other things, selling things, uh, trying to become self-sufficient and bringing up, and all they're worried about is building up that faith, right? Um, and I respected that so much. And I remember um, when I went to college, I remember how, uh, you know, I started seeing people like that in college on the streets uh, selling the bean pies, um, selling their that newspaper. And I was like, man, that that's kind of neat, right? But not only was it neat, but you saw a discipline. It would be, um, I don't even know, 100 degrees outside. And these people would be in suits on the street, selling bean pies, selling their food, and selling their newspaper, and speaking that word. And I was like, man, that has got to be um it's got to be something special now obviously i wasn't drawn to the islamic faith and, and because i never studied it so i know very little about it except from people that i know who may have been a part of the nation of islam but i don't really know any muslims so to speak so i can't speak too much on it as an expert because i'm not um but they did have something desirable right they did have something that other people could look at and respect. And I say to that, and I come up to the question, I think to myself, do, do people think that or think about that discipline when they look at Christians? That's something that I think about. Do they look at Christians the same way I looked at and respected um, Islam? And I, and I think the answer is no. Um, discipline is something that I think needs to separate Christians from the rest of the world. I mean, we we need a clear understanding of who we are and we need to stick to that idea, um, what it means to be a Christian so that everybody who looks at us has that same level of respect. Like, wow, this person is that way. This person is that way. That person, all Christians I know are that way. Um, we need to be disciplined uh, in what we look at. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, we need to be disciplined in how we believe, right? The Bible says that God doesn't change, but how many times do we see Christians in our, in our life and in our world changing? Um, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, like this being a Martin Luther movement um, moment where we're just like pasting new theses up on the board and trying to change the church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to look at the scripture and let the scripture guide us and guide our, our thoughts, right? We need to 
uh, use discipline as a way of bringing glory to God um, because it does. It serves as a form of worship, right? And what better way to show God our love for him than by living our lives as Jesus would have if we had not been responsible for his death? I mean, that's really what we're talking about. We deserve death through our actions. We deserve death through the things that we've done, right? The Bible says, no, that we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God, me, you, and everybody else in this world. We all fall short. We don't make that standard. And the only way we can make that standard is by accepting the gift of Jesus dying on the cross in our stead. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. We need to accept that and then live our lives accordingly. How, how would you feel if you um, if you saw a wino or, or, or some um, hobo on the street and you gave them a thousand dollars and they spent it all on booze? You wouldn't like that. Right. You wouldn't like that. And I'm not saying, you know, Jesus dying on the cross is a thousand dollars for me to go spend on booze. But the concept is the same the concept is the same and when the world uh thinks of something you know the mindset i think of the culture that we live in now when something we talk about these moral compasses and these moral codes the world has been changing a lot right the the concepts have been changing a lot whether it's homosexuality or or uh pedophilia or whatever um, we or or just uh, blatant sex just all over the place, right? The world tends to change, and we say we we cancel people that disagree with this changing concept. We cancel those people, but the 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 degradation that's happening in the world um, is okay, right? And the church tries to be, and I say the church, I mean the body. The body tries to feed into that. It really does. It tries to feed into it a lot. Um, and we don't need to be changing like the world changes because the Bible says God doesn't change and we don't need to change either. And when I think about that, I think about that uh, a book in uh, a book in the Bible, Micah. We don't talk about it often. Micah chapter seven. Micah chapter seven says this. What misery is mine? I'm like one who gathers summer fruit. At the gleaning of the vineyard, there is no cluster of grapes to eat, none of the yearly figs that I crave. The faithful have been swept from the land. Not one upright person remains. Everyone lies in wait to shed blood. They hunt each other with nets. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire they all conspire together the best of them is like a briar the most upright worse than a thorn hedge the day god visits you has come the day your watchmen sound the alarm now is the time of your confusion do not trust a neighbor put no confidence in a friend even with a woman who lies in your embrace Guard the words of your lips for a son dishonors his father. A daughter rises up against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. 
But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for my God, my Savior, my God will hear me. I think about that and I say, man, our world has been changing. Our world is going down a road we don't want to go there. So how do we change that? And I think we must remain disciplined. And for me, and this isn't even about you all the time, listener. This is sometimes about me because this is what I struggle with. I struggle with this every day. I long to do things that my heart desires. And I am constantly at battle between my heart and my head my longings right and that is when i need to start focusing on those spiritual disciplines i need to read my bible i need to talk to god i need to fast i need to praise and worship it is the only thing that keeps me from going the wrong way uh you know some things some spiritual disciplines just uh, really quickly uh spiritual reading memorizing reflecting on the bible and i'm getting this from a web uh, a, a podcast i think the the podcast is letting his light shine um it's a, a woman i think uh, a woman who created this uh but prayer fasting worship service that means getting out there and doing things for others solitude being by yourself being alone and concentrating on god evangelism discernment um, there are some other ones uh, that some other people have mentioned studying, which is kind of like the first thing um, they tend to mention, uh, you know, those things. Uh, but those are pretty much the, the bulk of them. Right. Um, you know, some Catholics go through a thing called confession. Right. And repentance. Uh, I, I feel like a, a spiritual discipline can be sharing with other people who are going to help keep you accountable right um because having a group of people that you are with to fellowship with which can also be another discipline helps to keep you on the right track that's why it's so important for us to be around like-minded people uh spending some time by ourselves worshiping god resting if you're constantly at work, constantly doing something um, one way, you tend to get tired, right? Our minds are meant to rest. Jesus rested on the seventh day. We need to do the same thing. Um, uh, there's another website that speaks on to, on this. It is called uh, churchleaders.com. And I believe that article is 12 spiritual disciplines that will make your faith strong. Um, and I think, let me see if I can go back. Uh, the one on uh, letting his light shine is called eight spiritual disciplines. What are they and why are they important? Um, you know, there, there, are, there are some other ones. Um, uh, I think there's one on um, uh, by uh, Brandon Cox, nine spiritual disciplines for the for the Christian life. He mentions some of those as well. Prayer, fasting, study, worship, fellowship, giving, um, rest, I think, is a really important one here. Um, and, and, and when I think of that song, Let It Play, what is it saying? Well, to me, it's saying, you know, we've lived our lives the way we wanted to, um, and it didn't go the way we thought it would. And now 
we have to let it play. We have to let God do his thing with us, right? We have to let God show us the way. And when I think about that, I think about the love chapter in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, you know, but it, 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 most of us know it as the love chapter. But when we come down to verse 11, and it's a little bit before that, but verse 11 is really the one that I want to concentrate on. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now you can change man to woman. If you're a female, you can change it. The point is you're an adult and you're putting away those childish things and the reason why i bring this up specifically is because the bible is comparing our thinking to god's thinking in the same way as we would compare a child's thinking to an adult's thinking and why does it do that why do we think why do you think the bible is mentioning our thinking to god's thinking and comparing it the same way a child is to an adult. I think it's because we are like children in many ways. Yes, we have been given the gift of knowledge between right and wrong, good and evil. But what do we want so many times in our lives? I think for the most part, the things that we want or the thing that we want is evil. And how can that be? Because we want things that benefit us. It is human nature to want what we want when we want it. But it's childish. It's childish. I mean, when we say I want this or I need that, we're thinking as a child. And the way I and the reason why I can say that is because I think to many times when my children who are teenagers now and still think like children, they are. Um, they have asked me for something. And when they got it, they tossed it away. Or when they didn't get it, they pitched a fit, got upset or angry, right? Maybe they didn't get it on their birthday or, or maybe I made them wait until a holiday. And they couldn't. They, they had an attitude. That was human nature. It's not just in children. Adults have it, too. I can tell you, I live in a really nice home. And there are times where I say, man, I wish I had more space. I wish I had more of this. I wish I had more of that. Recently, my car broke down and there was a lot to repair it. And I had to get rid of it. And I was upset because I started using an older car that we had and I felt a certain way. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm this age. And at this point in my life, I didn't think I should have to be like this. I didn't think I should have to be driving around in such a raggedy car instead of being grateful, instead of being thankful that I had a car to get me from A to B. Right. But we are like that so much in lives because we are adults and we think we're adults. But we're really not when we're comparing ourselves to God, right? A toy or a car or a home or a thing, let me say it that way, is not something we deserve. 
If it isn't something we need, it is not something we deserve. It is a want. It is a, a desire. It is a wish. Right? Adults know the difference between these things and we can make rational decisions when we want to. But in life and comparing ourselves to God, we don't, which is why we need those spiritual disciplines, right? This is why we are compared to children in comparison to God. We are not thinking in a godly, rational way most of the time. And if you want more information on this, I, I, I highly encourage you to email me at crossdiscourse at gmail.com. Uh, and I highly encourage you to listen to more of Lathan Warlick's music. It was a really good song, but he has many more. It's uplifting and he throws God around in there, but he's really trying to live his life in a godly way. That was three years ago. And I, I hear some good things when I look him up in the news and things like that. All right, we really ought to try to live a godly life. Family, I hope that this message touched you uh, no matter what point or time of the year it is. Um, start thinking of some resolutions, some things that you can think of to do for your life to improve it. I love you. I look forward to speaking to you another again. Peace. <laughs>